this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? This is episode 49 of They're All Going to Laugh at Him. I'm Alex Sprague. And I'm Jess Geyer. And this is exactly where I want to be when Jesus comes back. It is doing a podcast about Adam Sandler movies. I I specifically, I just want to throw in there, don't, don't want to be watching this movie when Jesus comes back. No. And that's a straight ticket to hell. You you do that. You yeah. get you get caught watching this movie. You're done so. Yeah. Especially if you laugh at any scene that doesn't have uh Oh man, he's my hero. Christopher Walken in it. Those are the only scenes worth saving. Yeah, and even the Christopher Walken scenes felt pretty hollow. Uh what, what movie <laughs> They sure did. What movie is this? Uh, this is Joe Dirt 2, Beautiful Loser. Yeah, and we discussed uh, in the last episode other potential better subtitles for this movie. Um, this movie, Alex, we're watching all 60 Adam Sandler and Adam Sandler adjacent films in a row, and that's why we're watching this one, but why are we doing this at all? Well, it's because Adam Sandler is your oldest and your best friend. If you need him, he'll be there again. He's always willing to be second best, a perfect lodger, and a perfect guest. And he wants to dream like a young man with the wisdom of an old man. He wants his home and security, and he wants to live like a sailor at sea. But does he deserve all the hate, this beautiful loser? Okay, sorry. What is that from? Uh, That's the lyrics to Beautiful Loser by Bob Seger, which was why they named it Beautiful Loser. Gotcha. Um, Not a good song. Like... I'm not a huge Seeger fan. Night Moves, of course, is like a jam. But like, that song's not good. I listened to it right before this started. Yeah, I was, I would have figured that you would have chosen like a Leonard Skinner lyric or something. Yeah, because I, I do like a, a lot more of their music, but I decided picking just Beautiful Loser would make a little more sense. Yeah, I mean, it makes more sense than the entire plot of this movie. Yeah, but one thing this movie does do... That I'm hyped about. I am so is... concerned about what you're going to say next. Oh, no, no. Uh, now that is, we've finally been proven right in one of our things. Yes. Um. So if people don't remember, uh, and I'm going to be very confused if you did not listen to the Joe Dirt episode, but you wanted to hear about the sequel, we talked a lot about how it was a Wizard of Oz story. Yes, we did. And this movie just starts with Joe Dirt wearing big boots with rub- or rubies in them. Yes. And he calls them magic boots. And I mean, it's a direct lift. There's a whole scene dedicated to the fact that, yes, these are going to be ruby slippers. Uh, hardly any other um, elements do come into play after that, with a couple of exceptions. We'll talk about the Wizard of Oz connection. Yeah. Yeah, but like they they basically said in the beginning of the movie is why did no one notice this? It's supposed to be Wizard of Oz and you guys didn't notice it. So then they just hit you in the face with as many references to stupid movies as they could possibly do. Yeah, uh, this movie is not good. This movie is bad. Um, again, a nice reminder that I, I, I can, in fact, pick out what a bad movie is. I, I'm yes. not broken. This is right down there as one of the real terrible movies. Oh, um, yeah. The The big saving grace for me was I legitimately didn't know what was going to happen because the plot made no sense. It was like watching a, 
like pie for the first time where you're like what the fuck is going on <laughs> is everyone who making this movie high it was like watching a joe dirt fan fiction yeah and it's confusing enough that somebody would make a joe dirt fan fiction and and then they include all of these elements i mean brandy gets a girlfriend it's weird alex this movie's weird yeah, there is a lot of weird elements I laughed 22 times during this movie. Um, there was one legitimately good scene where I laughed a lot in. That would be the Leonard Skinner <laughs> scene. Yeah, that was pretty funny. And then <clears throat> I laughed a lot at Christopher Walken just because it's me. I can't not. Anyone doing a bad impression of Christopher Walken, I'm going to laugh at. So, of course, when he's on the screen, I'm laughing. Yeah, I mean, the movie got the original one. Joe Dirt One got like it got a little bit of laughter out of me. Uh, a tepid amount of laughter, of course. The second movie, a lot of the jokes were just complete rehashes of the first one. Not only that, they make a word for word the same jokes and then have people make fun of those jokes yes. for not being good. So much of the movie is Joe Dirt either not laughing at somebody else's jokes or other people not laughing at his jokes. Or laughing yeah. at them. I mean, the the oh yes, because a lot of people do laugh at what Joe Dirt says in this movie when it is not funny. The audience is not laughing, so they have to have someone on screen laughing to let you know, like that was supposed to be funny. It's it's all very strange. Um, is is most of what I can say about it. I think half my laughs were like incredulous stuff. That, of, those like, were like all of mine. <laughs> yeah, it, it was so okay. I like bad movies. I like to watch bad movies. This is not one of those bad movies that's funny at all. Yeah, it was more like, are they trying to make a reference to Catch-22, but they don't understand what it is? <laughs> like, it's wild. Um, so this is a one-star Sandlayer film. Mm -hmm. um, it was produced by uh, by Happy Madison. Um, and I have a little bit, I'll, I'll say it now. Sony wanted a sequel for Crackle, which they owned. Happy Madison had a deal with Sony. And they decide, because they own the rights to Joe Dirt, to make Joe Dirt 2 as a thing to appease Sony, it seems like. <laughs> the budget on this film was $3.7 which is, like, the lowest budget film I've ever seen out of Happy Madison. Yeah, like, that's really low. Like, to get... <laughs> to get Adam Sandler to just act in a movie, you have to pay him five times that. <laughs> So, okay, so that is, like, the amount that they paid David Spade, Patrick Warburton. No, no, I don't think Spade got paid for this because he wrote it. I think he's just not good at movies. Well, he had to have gotten paid for something, whether it was writing yeah. credits or whatever. But Patrick saying, Warburton and Christopher Walken, Christopher Walken can't come with, like, a low price tag, you know? I bet it's not that high, because they, they did, definitely did all his filming in one day. Oh, yeah, but, uh, they did. He didn't look very good in this movie, did he? Yeah, he's wearing a wig. Um, I mean, I guess he's 77. That's pretty old. But I will point out, in the picture of him being 77 on Google, he looks way better than in this. Yeah, he, he looks tired or maybe even sick. I don't know. He looked like he wasn't having a good time, and I cannot blame him. Yeah, maybe he was like, none of these jokes are funny. Um, yeah, they're not, though. That's the thing. Yeah. <laughs> he gets it. He, whatever. Okay, but like, yeah, just keep going. Keep going. What were you saying? Basically, it is an extremely low budget film. And 
that doesn't excuse the fact that it was written badly. So there's no. that. Um, now, what do you think the critics and what do you think the audience rated this movie? Okay, sorry. Can you remind me what they gave Paul Blart to? They gave Paul Blart Mall Cop to a 5%. Okay, I think that they gave this movie a 0%. Uh... <laughs> <laughs> and I think that audience rating is like a 25. Audience rating is a 21%, and critic rating is a 10%. Um, putting it higher than Grown Ups, Grown Ups 2, Jack and Jill, um, and Bulletproof. I hate movies. I don't, don't like it anymore. This isn't fun. <laughs> There's a little bias because uh, they, they basically had less people rating this movie. Because less people saw it. Yeah. But, like, that is, according to this list I'm looking at now, the same percentage they gave The Cobbler. Like, and to say this movie was as good as The Cobbler is <laughs> fucking... No. Oh, man. Absolutely not. No, um, I, I refuse. I refuse to believe that anybody recommended this movie. Even to Joe Dirt fans. Yeah. Um, And I will say the recommendation is from... Someone who said, anyone who enjoys the original will enjoy spending a little more time with Joe and his band of merry weirdos. No. And then gave it a 6 out of 10. No. But that's false. This movie is extremely bad where the original one it has some fun and some humor and a message to it. Yeah. If you wanted to spend more time with Joe Dirt, you're better served watching the first movie again. Because it's all the same jokes, minus a little bit of other weird references and a couple penis jokes. Um, and then you add a little bit more homophobia and transphobia to this one. Um, and then like a really weird, bizarre plot. Uh, but yeah, just go watch Joder 1 and don't be like us doofuses who bought this movie for $12.99. You, you can't rent the movie anywhere. It's not even, it's not on Crackle according to my PlayStation. I'm going to be so mad if I find out that it's on Crackle. I don't think Crackle exists anymore. In my opinion, I, I can't figure it out. Um, but yeah, I, I'm going to personally try to steal $13 worth of uh, goodwill from David Spade, um, because I think that's the only way to make this fair. Yeah. And, you know, David Spade, if you want to do $13 worth of work for me to pay for this, uh, I can send you over some like, you know, documents to file or something. I don't know. We'll figure it out, though. Yeah. Just we're. All right, let's recap. Yeah. <laughs> and then I'll figure out how David Spade owes me $13. Okay, so this movie, um, again, just going to preface, is totally bizarre. It has this bizarro framing device where we have the radio DJ, uh, Xander, um, Xander Kelly. Kelly, played by Dennis Miller, sitting outside of what appears to be like an old-timey kind of mechanic slash gas station like you would find in a small town. Like a rural town. He's talking to this guy and then this like really redneck guy. Uh, and they're talking about Joe Dirt. And then Xander Kelly like says like, yeah, he was on my radio show. And then we get uh, like it dissolves into the story of the movie. So we see Joe Dirt sitting on a bus bench wearing the ruby boots. Uh, and a black woman criticizes him for trying Forrest Gump stuff on her. And then a white woman sits down and Joe Dirt tells her his story. So then we have another flash. It's like weird framing devices within framing devices. So he, Joe married Brandy from the first movie and they had triplets, triplet daughters. Uh, despite people like this guy named Jimmy Yauch, played by Mark McGrath, wanting to split them up. 
Joe Dirt feels like he's disappointing his family when they see his coworkers literally farting on him, and he wishes that he was rich. During a tornado, he gets back to his he goes back to his trailer to get his one of his daughter's tiaras. Uh, first, he's hit by the trailer door and gets knocked out, and thinks that his daughters are telling him to make some money. And then he wakes up and he gets into the to the trailer and he's carried away by the tornado to 1965. His trailer lands on a biker gang's leader uh, in the middle that, of a- That got a laugh from me, is that they, they Wizard of Oz did that hard. Yeah. Uh, and he's given the bikers ruby boots and becomes the new gang leader. Very Wizard of Oz, right. The guy who's kind of the de facto leader right now is played by Patrick Warburton. Uh, his name is Foggle. Uh, so- he, they go back to like their hangout and Joe Dirt gives them all nicknames and then says, let's do some charity work. And they kick him out for being quote a queer. Uh, and he runs away with the boots and they swear that they'll follow him through hell. We get another Forrest Gump reference as well as meeting Buffalo Bob from the first film, including direct clip from the first movie. Yeah. At, at that point, I was really worried we were going to have a clip show. I would have preferred it if they did. Yeah. In the meantime, too, like in between some of this stuff, we do go back to Xander Kelly and also to Joder on the bench. And there's like weird fourth wall breaking with all the Xander Kelly stuff. So at a drive-in movie, he thinks he sees Brandy, but it turns out to be her mom. He ends up buying some comic books and buries them under a tree for the future. And then the police chase him because he paid for the comics with future money. But luckily this happens um, and like breaks up the motorcycle gang that was going to kill him. It's also super bizarre here because when he says like the motorcycle gang was trying to kill me and then it pans over and no one's on the road. I don't get it. Anyway. Well, this is where it reveals that uh, those are either angels or uh, latent mental illness in Joe Dirt. It's weird. This whole movie's weird. He he meets Leonard Skinner when they're young. <laughs> yeah, they're called the Wildcats then. And then they try new names because he says, like, you should think about changing your name. And they stay, say stuff like Wham! and New Kids on the Block and One Direction. And it was actually the only, like, good scene in the movie that's saying, like, well, if we're just going to be big, we're only going one way. We'll call ourselves One Direction. He's like, nah, that doesn't fit. You can't do that one. And then finally name themselves Leonard Skinner. Yeah. Uh, and then one of them says like, oh, we're going to get rich. going to buy a jet plane. And he gets really sad and leaves. Yeah. Instead of <laughs> warning him, he just, he just looks real sad, looks at the ground, then walks out. Like, what the fuck, David Spade? Oh, man. So oh. funny. Um, so he gets chased by the motorcycle gang again, and he jumps a train. And he starts jacking off thinking about his wife and then is assaulted by train hobos. I'm using the word hobo because I actually know that that is a preferred term by traveling homeless people. Uh, but maybe that was just a dream? Question mark? Oh, wait, no. Now he's being assaulted not only by the hobos, but also by some hot women who have penises. Uh, so we get a nice little dose of transphobia in there. Oh, was that just a dream? Then his next dream, he meets Kick and Wing. From the first movie who used to sell uh, fireworks but now he's a drug dealer who only sells aspirin and weed and we get again just a play-by-play -play of the same fireworks scene from the first movie but with drug jokes instead and then at this point 
they specifically have kicking wings say you're not getting the moral of the story you have to pay more attention even though they don't really establish a moral or like a theme in this movie so that that was a very surreal moment yeah I don't know how this ends up happening. I know that there's another transition where Xander Kelly says, it's me, the convenient segue fairy or something like that. Yeah. Uh, And he gets beat up by some people who steal his organs and leave him on a beach. So he ends up on what he thinks is a desert island for 12 years. But it turns out he was actually just, (laughs) he was just around the corner from Miami. Um, you, you forgot the most important scene in the movie is where uh, they just do the thug life meme where little sunglasses oh float in God. on him. Oh, my God. At this point. <laughs> that point was from that, the kick and wing thing. Yeah. Yeah. Um, like literally just a meme in the middle of this movie. It was it was shocking. To it see. was jarring. I, I will say that like that was transgressive filmmaking right there. I don't like what they did. <laughs> Oh, I, I, how upsetting it was to me makes it seem uh, significant to yeah. me. Yeah. If um, art is meant to upset you, that was art. Because <laughs> it was very upsetting. Yep. Um, anyway, so because he's in Miami, he ends up meeting Clem, uh, played by Christopher Walken. Clem, in the first movie, if you don't remember, was uh, in Witness Protection because he was a mobster. He's still a mobster here. Uh, he convinces Clem to let to not kill him uh, by predicting NASCAR races for betting money, and they all become rich together. But then Clem suggests that he needs to go to Silvertown to meet Brandy, or his life will be messed up. Which doesn't make sense either. No, the time traveling mechanics here are not time traveling mechanics. So we would have to believe that there's a whole gap in the first Joe Dirt movie where he did all this weird time traveling stuff and then goes back. We'd also have to believe that him going back in time somehow messed up his foster child stuff. Like, there's no, he hasn't t- messed with himself at all. He should still show up yeah. in Silvertown. Exactly. But whatever. But whatever. It's, it's a weird movie. Um, but then the motorcycle gang catches up again, and there's this, the weirdest scene in the movie, apart from the thug life thing, is uh, a standoff between Clem and the motorcycle gang. Where, okay, Clem comes out, and it's, like, foggy, and there's rain. He's holding an umbrella, but it's not raining anywhere else. I want to point out, they've gone to Idaho at this point, so not in Miami anymore, across the country. Yes. And he is, like, has this whole standoff with the motorcycle gang, and it's implied, like, they're nightmares, and I don't know what's going on with him. And then there's this, this woman who's about to give him two guns, but he doesn't take the guns, and he, like shoots without guns mind you yeah shoots he, he foggle he shoots he, he makes a gun finger at foggle and it kills him <laughs> so moving on from that uh joder is late to meet brandy and instead jimmy Youch, mark mcgrath gets there instead and do, and pulls the dog's balls off the off the porch instead uh so she gets with jimmy Youch uh and tells him that She's not into rich guys. She just wants someone who's nice, which I think is supposed to be the moral. I don't know. Yeah. So Joe's depressed now. And we're in the present where Dirt's on the bench. 
Um, and he sits, then he goes and sits in the road and then an angel or ghost shows up. Who's also played by Patrick Warburton. No mention of this is made that he looks just like the motorcycle. Oh guy. yes, he does. He says later, I was also the motorcycle guy. I was just wearing like a mustache. Then he tells Joe dirt that. Yeah. But later, way later. Oh yeah. Yeah. Sorry. Later. Yeah. No, oh. it doesn't matter either no. way. No, no. Um, <laughs> it does not. Uh, he shows him future Silvertown, which is run down and like full of crime and called Jimmy Town now. So apparently the fact that Joe Dirt was never there has has screwed up the timeline. <laughs> but they never explained how Jimmy got rich no. off this. No. I well, think he's it was a supposed musician. to be a back to the future. Oh, no, no, no. Here's how he got rich. Because he, w- he was with Brandy and that put the poetry in him. So he was able to become a musician. But didn't he say he... He also, like, wasn't a good musician still, though, I thought. I don't know. It it, it doesn't make sense. We can just continue. No, uh, don't try to make this make sense. Yeah. He goes to Brandy's house, uh, Brandy and Jimmy's house, because they're married now, and there's, like, a party going on. Uh, it's a really nice house. Uh, Jimmy Youch and his friends put vodka-soaked tampons up their butt. And uh, what's... Uh... Sorry, what's uh when David Spade made good movies? What was the guy he made the movies with called named? Chris Farley. Chris, yeah, Chris Farley's <laughs> brother puts fourteen up his butt in yeah. this scene. So yes. that was that was fun. Yeah, he does do that. Uh, he meets Brandy, who's dressed as he says sluttily now. Um, and she has a hot girlfriend. It is. I don't. And like she's on that. heroin. I don't like the messaging here. It is very strange. Yeah, it, it's 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 homophobic. Uh, I, I I thought it was supposed to be a reference to the Iliad. You mean the, the Odyssey? Whichever one they go to the Opium Heads, but uh, like the Odyssey, I think, right? Yeah, Wait. It, it doesn't really matter. They're the same thing. Um, but then it suddenly wasn't anymore, and they're making too many references at once to the point that it fucking doesn't make sense. So absolutely no sense. Uh, anyway, uh, he messes things up with Brandy, who ends up leaving, and then his angel named Claire, after Clarence, the angel from It's a Wonderful Life, and the good witch comes. <laughs> the good witch is Galinda. Her name in the movie is Galinda. She never says it. Galinda, by the way, is like pr- almost exactly the name Glinda from Wizard of Oz. She is also the black woman from the beginning who told him off. Uh, and he recognizes her. Uh, and uh, apparently Patrick Warburton is supposed to get him to learn some kind of lesson. And Joe Dirt just doesn't get it. Uh, and then he finally, I guess, gets it. It's the same message from the be- from the first movie, which is like, home is where you make it. Mm-hmm. So they hit him with a symbol, which is really funny because of the, the pun. Symbol, symbol. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, he's back home with his family. And he digs up the comics, which are there, and they're rich now. The end. Yeah. Um. And after they dig up the comics, he he says, "I quote, man, that's so stupid." <laughs> it's in the after credits scene, but like, <laughs> oh yeah, they, there's, they, <laughs> wait, there's a whole song, Alex, yeah. by Colt Ford. There's a Joe Dirt song which they reference in the movie. It's probably one of the worst songs I've ever heard in my life. Oh, if you, yeah. Like, Colt Ford is not good. Um, 
And then there are bloopers, but the bloopers are the most tepid, non-funny bloopers I've ever seen. They do about three of them. But then they do some funny outtakes from uh, the farting scene. They have this really pretty woman. I don't know her her name. She's probably some model, I would, I would have to assume. Mm-hmm. Who is one of the people that farted on him in the beginning. And she did like a bunch of different takes. Uh, oh, Charlotte McKinney is her name. Uh, she did a whole bunch of takes where she like said, oh, "Why I have a medical condition or like she's like at one point eating a banana. I don't know why they didn't do that with other scenes. It feels like the rest of the jokes were like written already in the script and they just like, yeah, we got one take, we're done. But they had her say all this weird ass shit. That was the funniest part of the movie was just her giving different excuses for why she farted. I think the funniest part of the movie is in the blooper where David Spade just says this is so fucking dumb. Because <laughs> oh, he yeah. knows he's making just some shit movie. That is very good, actually, yeah. Okay. So, I just want to go over the references in this movie. There's The Wizard of Oz, Back to the Future, Wonderful Life. They make a Castaway reference, Forrest Gump references, uh, Star Wars, Catch-22, Superman. I think that might be it. Oh, and maybe uh that movie where they do too many drugs and then the girls are uh doing sex at the end. I don't remember what that one is called. Requiem for a Dream. Th- that's what the final kind of uh party scene seemed like to me. I mean, um, I think that there's sure. also um a the prophecy reference possibly mm. because of Christopher Walken being like almost like an angel. Yeah. Um and doesn't he call him his guardian angel in the original? Whatever. Uh, but, like, it, that's too much for this to the point where it does seem like a fever dream. And we had argued <laughs> that there's some quantum immortality with uh, Joe in the first one and that he probably was dead at the end. Yeah. And I, th- I think this movie's supposed to be he's completely dead, right? I think he's in heaven or hell or purgatory. That That's the only way this movie makes sense, right? Uh, because... I think the way that the movie makes sense is that we are in hell when we watch it. <laughs> All right. But let, let me first piece of evidence. Uh, he, he has his wig back. He does have his wig back. The movie ends with him with a different haircut. And now he has his mullet back. Yes. So something didn't happen. It's oh. either the happily ever after didn't happen or this movie didn't happen, I guess. <laughs> um, but either way. He's, he's probably in, like, purgatory or hell. Uh, another piece of evidence is that Brandy gives birth to triplets, but they didn't know that there were triplets beforehand. And, okay, she starts crowning at one centimeter. <laughs> and then they look up in there and see three babies. Which is and, not, that's not how yeah. giving birth works. <laughs> I was going to say, like, I'm not and a then, very good doctor. One but... of the doctors is smoking, and then she also is a lesbian. Because the nurse is, like, with her, and, like, they make a big deal about that. Uh. But, so, there's two weird things with this, is every doctor is bad in this movie. They don't know how to do their job well and are being cruel on purpose. Um, And two, every woman is also into women, which makes me think it's Joe Dirt's fantasy. Um, They also start (laughs) the movie by saying Joe Dirt is a bad narrator and you can't really trust his story. Which is interesting. Yeah. But like... <laughs> it is it is just a fever dream. Um, 
why would they hate doctors? Do is it supposed to be a reference to like maybe white trash people don't trust doctors? I don't know, Alex. I I cannot give this movie any credit for anything. I, I don't think it was deep. I just think it was weird. Alright, well, unfortunately it is the deepest movie we've ever talked about because I went into the rabbit hole. And oh, do no. you know who likes this movie? Who? People into the Mandela effect. What? Oh, sorry. <laughs> so for people who don't Can you know. Please happening what is this if you don't know the mandela effect is uh something people have coined um as there's like retconning happening in real people's lives that they don't realize um (laughs) the the mandela effect is named after the fact that a lot of people thought nelson mandela died like in the mid 90s but then he didn't um and instead of thinking well my memory must be off they decided no the universe has literally changed, and I'm in the wrong universe now. Despite that the fact true. that I was like a toddler in yeah. the mid-90s. That's how they feel. They feel like their memory when they were very young is more trustworthy than, than the world. The The two biggest uh, ones people seem to bring up are the Berenstein Bears or the Berenstein Bears, um, however that's spelt or pronounced. Um, and then the Star Wars reference, Luke, I am your father, or no, I am your father. Because um, everyone remembers that as Luke. Um, Beam me up, Scotty's another one. Basically, they're arguing in this movie, every reference they have is to a Mandela effect. And they're trying to show something about alternate universes within this movie. And it's a Mandela effect in itself. Okay, so what's the deal with the Leonard Skinner thing, for example? Oh, they, they didn't mention that part. But, <laughs> I gotta um, look this up. <laughs> there's uh, there's also <laughs> some stuff about how some people seem to remember Joe Dirt 2 coming out in about 2003 uh, to 2006, and they think this movie itself was made in a different universe at the time. <laughs> oh my gosh, there's a whole glitch in the Matrix thread. Yeah, uh, but, like, none of it says anything because these people are idiots, if you don't realize. Um, It's all, like, why is everything about time travel? And, like, every movie they reference is one that has the Mandela effect in it. Um, Apparently, (laughs) life is... Can I read it? Can I read it? Okay, this is from user OpenDoors2222 on Reddit from three years ago. Hollywood is laughing in our faces. A movie about time travel with every single movie reference related to M.E. Mandela Effect. Back to the Back to Future, Wizard of Oz, Forrest Gump, Silence of the Lambs. There's more I can't remember. And then he also comments again. I just think it's so strange that every movie reference in Joe Dirt 2 has a Mandela Effect tied to it. And the movie is about time travel. I mean, come on. It's getting stranger and stranger. And then... <laughs> A couple people are like, what are you talking about? <laughs> yeah. Um, <sighs> this is the deepest lore I could find for the movie because th- there's something interesting in uh, if you just take a fever dream of ideas and mash them together and then repeat lines from something some, from other things, people will think you're trying to make a point, but there really isn't one to this. 
Oh my god, some people believe that there was an old Joe Dirt 2 that came out on VHS in 2003 through to 2006. And I already like, said that. You weren't listening. Oh no, sorry. <laughs> I, my brain was flooded by the fact that you told me that this was connected to the Mandela effect. I'm sorry for repeating that. In my universe, you never said that. That's fair. But yeah, um, except it, it doesn't. It's just... What what do the dream guns mean, though? That's what I care about. Was Christopher Walken an angel also? I don't I don't fucking know. Oh, wait a second. Is Joe Dirt the second coming of Jesus? When he says, is this where you want to be when Jesus comes back? Is he not talking about himself? And that's why and, he has angels oh, protecting him? Brandy in the end is wearing red like the whore of Babylon. And... <laughs> He's 30 in the first one, I'd say. Um, <laughs> He's got the same haircut as Jesus. I'm sorry. I just love the idea of making this like an Illuminati movie. The stupidest movie. Uh. I'm just saying, I think I think Joe Dirt is, a, is Jesus. <laughs> Joe Dirt is Jesus. Life's a garden. Dig it. Yeah. Um. This movie sucks really bad. Um. <laughs> there's zero reason to watch it. Um. They, uh, Adam Sandler should cut off his friends. Um. And get away from Sony because Sony, you know, lets people do this type of thing. Um. Joe Dirt's probably not Jesus, and there's no message. To this. I really wanted to dive into the thousand references they make but they do nothing with them. Um, it's also like one of the ov- most overtly homophobic and offensive movies in the last third uh, to the point that really like, I just was like, can you guys please stop just making homophobic like references to each other? Yeah. That's just how it kind of ends. Um, especially if you're supposed to be an angel. Can you please stop? Yeah. I mean, the whole movie too is just like really bad about the male gaze too, particularly with lesbian relationships. I don't like that. Yeah, um, it's not done ever for like humor either, right? Like, no, <laughs> I would, I, I could probably find it funny if even if you found it offensive, but they don't do it in a funny way. They're just like, ah, shit, we uh, we ran out of like script time here. Let's just do thirty seconds of something weird. It's not a good movie. It's definitely what I would expect from a direct to crackle release. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's that's a direct to crackle. Um, yes, indeed. Was it worse than Paul Blart Two? I don't know how to answer that. <laughs> it's that's like asking that's apples and oranges. That's incomparable. They're both terrible in their own ways. I mean, in my mind, it was literally the question: Would you prefer cops or like syst- systematic racism? <laughs> Because those were the two sides. I would prefer to watch Paul Blart 2 again. I'm uh, But now I now I own this movie, Alex. It is forever tied to your Amazon account. Yep, so I'm gonna burn that to the ground. Uh Jeff Bezos, give me $13 and take away this movie. Um, That's true. Um well good news. Tonight we get to watch Hotel Transylvania 2. Good. I am <laughs> I need a palate cleanser after this yeah. one. I'm I'm excited about it um, after this travesty. I, I am too. I can't believe they got so many of the original people back for it. Yeah. 
I, I, let's end. I, I want to end this episode. I hate talking about this movie. It's so fucking uh, bad. You can, what, you can find our podcast at Laugh at Him Pod on Twitter. You can also find our games at wannabegames.com. Alex, do we have any games that are like children too? I've never made anything this bad. Yeah, we haven't. So uh, buy Moonpunk. Except maybe when I rewrote the the races in uh, no, that had D&D jokes. 5e. That had okay, jokes. never mind. I had, yeah. I had legitimate jokes. Yes. I did have references to Christopher Walken in that, though, so you I did. thought maybe. You did. But uh, yeah, that one had jokes, so it's incomparable. Uh, you can also support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash games, But instead, give your money to a bail fund. Don't give it to us. If you really want to support us, just buy our game. That's okay. I mean, if you want to throw some money at our Patreon, I'm not going to say no. You can see me tweet about how upset I am that schools might be reopening in the fall in the middle of a, a pandemic and how people treat teachers as uh, subhuman at, at Joska. Um, and you can check out our game design leftist discord. And I'll mention it on my Twitter. So follow me at Kitty Crusade. Yes, do those things. Uh, and take my wife, please. Ooh, so uh, no, she... that, 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 that wasn't. Are you ready for the real one? I'm, I'm interrupting you because the correct statement you're supposed to say is, is this where you want to be when you take my wife, please? No, I was going to say, take my wife, please. So she's never forced to watch this movie again. Is this where you want to be? Making fun of little old Joe Dirt when Jesus comes back, taking my wife away into uh, an angel that gets his wings when the bell rings. <laughs> Joe Dirt and to the second coming. <laughs> 1.6 parsecs to catch 22. And I used to be a Superman, but now I'm a box of chocolates. And we're going 4.2 gigawatts. And I'm free as a bird now. Seeger. That's basically the movie. Like, I just fucking gave you the movie. All right. Bye. I got it. Podcast over.